Hey, yo, and here we go. Another episode of We Talk Music is on the air and in your ear. And once again, I am Martin, and I have with me the king of the casters, the the uh, the crown prince of charisma. No, that's you. Oh, okay. Uh, Mr. Brett Podcast. That's right. Uh, I am here, and I am excited, truly excited, to welcome our guest. I mean, we've been listening to uh, we've been listening to this band for many years, and we've been listening to this gentleman also with other bands. And so, it's wonderful to finally be able to talk to him. Uh, from Striper, we have the lead singer and guitarist Michael Sweet on to talk about the new album, The Final Battle. Michael, how are you? I'm good. I thought when you said the uh, crowned uh, uh, of charisma, whatever you said, I thought you were referring to me. Well, oh. you, you absolutely can be. Well, <laughs> I, I am sometimes, but it, sometimes I'm not either. But uh, that's a that's a tough crown to wear right there, man. You got to step up to the plate, and that, <laughs> you know, all the time. But anyway, yeah, it's good to talk to you guys. Great to be here. It's release day for us. And uh, we got the new album, The Final Battle, out today. Um, and we're excited about that. I don't blame you. I mean, it's a great album. I've listened to it a to it a few times at this point, and uh, and there's some awesome songs. You've you've got that nice heavy vibe, but I mean, you're doing so much. Well, a, I mean, you're doing so much with your voice, but you're doing just so much, so many really good songs on there. Well, you know, it's when I write an album, I I go into it. It's stripe problem that is. I go into it with the mentality of uh, trying my best to make it interesting and uh, i'm not a big fan of albums that all the songs kind of blend together uh and sound like a continuation of one another and you know i'm all about like mixing it up and having a slow paced song that's heavy and dark and then a uh up tempo song that's uh, you know a little more melodic and light and you know i love doing that but yet somehow trying to figure out a way to make them all work together which is important so it's cohesive. Uh, and I think it is, you know, the flow's really good. It's, it's got an eclectic feel. All the songs are different and have their own signature, but I'm super happy with how it turned out. Oh. I always love it when I, I can tell when I'm listening to a band that they are comfortable in their own skin. And not every, not every band reaches that level. And, and that's what I really took from this album is this is a band that is comfortable in its own skin well gosh you know we've been together uh we we became striper in 83 so we're pushing we're knocking on 40 years door and um it's pretty in, incredible that we're still here uh three original members uh out of four which is also pretty rare amazing and, and yeah, we, we are comfortable in our own skin. I mean, we've been doing it for such a long time. And I feel like as a writer and a producer, I'm I'm honing in on my craft daily. And I, I always say the best is yet to come. And I really believe that. Uh, I don't think that we've given our best yet. That's interesting, because how, how do you like, I mean, I guess, how do you continue working on the new albums when do you look at trying to best the previous albums or do you just try to continually strive towards that you know doing your best period i just strive to work towards doing our best uh, when i go in my studio to start writing an album it's usually two weeks before we start recording the album wow uh, i put it off till the very end and, and <laughs> uh, sometimes subconsciously but most of the time consciously and, and on purpose 
I like working under pressure. I work, I do better under pressure. Uh, I find when I'm given six months to write a song, it's never as good a song as a song I wrote in one day. And uh, it's just the way it, it works for me. And I, I go in and start, I re record a riff and, uh, <clears throat> you know, 10 minutes and then turn that into a song within three to four hours. And then I send it to the guys on my phone. And the next day, the same thing over again until there's 11 or 12 songs. And I don't go into it with the plan or thinking like, okay, I got to, I have to outdo the last album or I got to make these better. I just know when I know when I'm tapping my foot and I'm my head's shaking or banging and I'm going, yeah, you know, I know that it's, it's a good one. And, uh, and I'll just run with that. So there is no plan or layout so to speak. It, it's just me going in and, and writing the songs. And I feel like that's probably, if I had to say, if you asked me, what's, what do I feel my strongest gift is? I would say that's probably my strongest gift is songwriting. I, I love doing that more than anything. You know, I'm a guitar player before I am a singer. I started playing guitar long before I started singing. A lot of people still don't know that I play guitar, which blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. literally watched it. I watched the reaction video last night with my wife and the couple that were reacting to the video. When I started my solo in Transgressor, and the camera is on me playing the solo. The couple said, the guy said, go Oz. <laughs> and it, 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 you, you, you can't make this stuff up. And it's like, <laughs> it's a weird, it's the weirdest thing. It's like, people have blindfolds on when it comes to me playing guitar, which is whatever. That's, that's the way it is. It's fine. But I'm kind of going down a different path here, but as getting back to what I was referencing, uh, I think even though I'm a guitar player before I am a singer, I think my greatest gift is writing, writing songs. And, and that's what I really love to do and get super excited about more than anything else, pretty much. Well, and I mean, you've written so much, like, especially now, I mean, you seem to be on a path of releasing an album every couple of years. Do you see mm -hmm. that as kind of a continuing trend? I do. I mean, I, I look at it as a solo album every other year and a striper album every other year. So, you know, next year will be a time for me to release a solo album. Uh, and then the following year, a striper album and, and just on and on and on. And then in between, between those albums and those projects, uh, other projects, you know, I, I did the iconic and the sun bomb. I, I just turned in a sweet Lynch album, the third one. Uh, there's all sorts of things going on there too. So I just love to be able to continue working and doing what I love to do. And the fact that I'm given these opportunities is, is a blessing. I, I never take them for granted ever. It's funny. You don't consider yourself a singer first because your vocals are, you know, infamous. Um, uh, people have been, you know, complimenting your voice for years and opening up on Transgressor. I mean. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, like, it, I, I wasn't expecting that, you know. You, you, you open up with a scream that's out of this world. Well, you know, I did have something to prove with that. You know, uh, it's... Uh, as I, as I'm aging, I'm approaching 60 years old, you know, and, and people start talking saying, ah, he doesn't have his voice. He, it's not the same. He's lost a lot of it. You know, you, you read these comments, any singer does, I'm sure on YouTube. And it, it, it kind of, it drives me more and fuels the fire. It makes me want to say, Oh yeah, really? Okay. <laughs> well, let's, 
let's see about that. And uh, it, it just kind of drives me to, to do better and bigger and longer and all that stuff. Uh, you know, I only refer to myself as a guitar player first because it's just true. I, I started playing guitar when I was five. Um, it's it, photos of me as a little kid with guitars and always played guitar growing up. Um, we were a trio for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother, myself, and a bassist, um, and uh, Eric Johnson. And I became a singer when I was 12, almost 13. So that's why I always say that I'm a guitar player first. And because, I mean, technically and historically, I am. What do you do to take care of your voice as, as uh, you've gotten older? Oh, gosh, not much. I mean, I, I, I don't go to extremes on anything, you know, and, and do things in abundance. In other words, like smoking. I smoke cigars on occasion, but I, I don't smoke cigars every day. Uh, you know, I, I love bourbon. Everyone knows that. <laughs> but I don't, you know, go through a bottle every day. You know, I try to do things in moderation uh, and take care of myself. I try to exercise and go for walks and keep my weight down and <laughs> seeing every day, you know, which I do anyway, because I'm working on projects all the time. But, you know, I just, there's, it's not rocket science. You know, if you abuse your body, uh, that's going to reflect on your voice as a singer. I had just read that you, uh, that you had um, kind of, that, that you were down tuning a little bit for the, uh, just for shows and such. We, well, on the new album as well. We, yeah. we were in rehearsals. Yeah, we were in rehearsals last year. And uh, we went in there and we were singing the stuff. And I'm just kind of going through the stuff and like, oh, man, you know, the guy, this stuff is high. Oh, you know, just kind of reaching for notes. And you, you realize like, dang, you know, I'm not getting any younger here. And uh, I think Perry made this suggestion. Hey, let's just let's tune down. Let's try it right now. And we all sat there and tuned our guitars down a half step because we're, we were our normal tuning is E flat. So a half step below 440, which is Van Halen tuning. Mm. So we're now at D. So we're a half step below our normal tuning. Um, so it's not like we dropped a whole step or a step and a half. And it's, it works. It, it makes the guitars a little heavier, the sound a little heavier. And it's a little easier for not just me to sing, but for Oz and Perry to sing as well. I find it so fascinating because this whole thing about down tuning right now is it, it's almost become this big thing where people are like, Oh, we don't down tune, but I'm like, well, if it makes it easier to sing and if, and if the fans really aren't going to notice then I don't see a problem with the concept. It's really silly, isn't it? It is. People get hung up on these silly, petty meaningless ideas like down tuning like i will give them this if you're down tuning some bands to uh, from the original key are tuning down a step and a half and sometimes two steps and then what happens with that is sometimes the song as the singer starts to sing becomes unrecognizable mm-hmm. it's very it's difficult to tell like gosh is this that song uh Oh, yeah, it is. God, why does it sound so weird? Because you can go too low and it can sound really strange. Um, but, you know, if you don't go down too far, it's a good thing, especially for a metal band. Like where we went down a half step, I think it works because it makes things sound a little heavier. 
the, the thing I'm tired of hearing about is the whole tracks thing. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just so burnt on hearing people rant and rave about that. It's just nonsense. People have been using tracks for a long time. You go back to Queen when they would perform Bohemian Rhapsody, they would run reel to reels. So they could pull off this epic song live. Could you imagine the three guys up there going, oh, I see you, look, you see how silly it would sound? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, would, it, would, it would sound ridiculous. And they wouldn't be able to do the song live. So they chose to do the song with tracks, with, with reel to reel. And the fact that bands do that today, you know, Eddie Trunk is always going on about it, how it's real rock and roll and it's live and there's no tracks. Sometimes you need tracks when you want to pull off an epic song. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's nothing to be ashamed about with that. We use tracks on a few songs. We have a song called Yahweh. You know, same thing. Yo, if Oz and Perry were up there doing it on their own, it would sound ridiculous. <laughs> People would probably walk out of the building, you know. Yeah, it would be and two guys doing doing a choir. Yeah, it would be two guys doing a massive choir. Exactly. So there's nothing wrong with using tracks. It's how you use them and how you abuse them. You know, when you're a band up there, obviously that's miming everything, and you guitar solos are tracked and lead vocals are tracked, and you literally could just play a CD. Okay, I get it. And, uh, but, you know, it's just it's just gone on enough and taken way too far. And it's just so flipping ridiculous now to just <laughs> just shut up already. You know, it's like, who cares? A lot of bands you tr use tracks. You'd be shocked at how many bands use tracks. To me, it doesn't matter. What, what matters is the, uh, the live connection between the band and the audience. If you're getting well, that, it, it, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and, and a lot of times the people that are that are talking smack about tracks, they don't know about tracks. They, they don't know. They're not in a band. You know, they're not recording uh, these big productions and then going on stage and trying to reproduce them. Uh, you know, and, and, and then you got certain people that say, ah, I'd rather hear it with all the mistakes and sounding, uh, you know, uh, however it sounds without all the the big production and it, sometimes that just doesn't work like i said on a song like yahweh we're very we're very cautious about the use of tracks no lead vocals are tracked no lead guitar solos are tracked we've got some background vocals that are tracked on a few songs uh, yahweh obviously and anything that's real epic uh we have some tracks uh, helping kind of they're they're laid in under uh, Perry and Oz who are singing live and who are killer singers. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, there's no shame here. Now, when you're in a band and you got tracks and then you, you can't use your tracks and, and then you go out and play and, and it sounds horrible because nobody can sing. Okay. I get that. You know, then that's where you draw the line and say, Oh man, you know, these guys can't pull it off without tracks. We can pull off anything we do without tracked and we use them very limited super limited uh and i've always talked about that i've always been open about it and it's funny how a lot of bands try to hide that and they don't want to talk about it it's like the the elephant in the room it's like who cares talk about it <laughs> and i i love the heavier sound of striper because it feels like such a natural progression to the sound you have now 
Well, I'm glad, you know, a lot of people like the heavier side of Striper too. I think maybe the majority, but I mean, there are a lot of people too that prefer and like even more so the calling on yous and on the new album, like till death do us part or near uh, a lot near of people like my that. Favorite track, I yeah. Think. Yeah. 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 For sure. So, I mean, a lot of people enjoy that style. And the reason why we have all those kind of mixed up together is because we love journey as much as we loved priest. And both of those are awesome bands. That's, you know, there's no doubt about that. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what we grew up on. We would, we would listen to a priest album, British steel and a maiden album, peace of mind. And then we'd pop in journey escape and, and lover boy and uh, survivor. And I, I mean, we love that, that stuff every bit as much as we loved all the metal stuff. And I think that's what makes striper what it is. Well, and it's so interesting, right? Because you've got Near, and then a couple songs later, you have Rise to the Call. And like, I heard Near, and I'm like, oh, this is an amazing song. I love this song. And then I heard Rise to the Call, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is an amazing song. I love the song. And they're and and so it's just like you have that that like slower song that's that's one of my favorites, and then you have the faster song that's one of my favorites. And so it's just like, ooh, you've got everything in that regard. Well, you know, that's awesome to hear you say that. I hope that it's because you know we do both styles relatively well you know it, we when we do a song like near we don't just do it to spin the wheels and and do it because the label asks us to or anything it's from the heart and i think people hear that it's an emotional ride and it comes from the heart deep within the heart and same with rise to the call it's it comes from the heart you know we're not forcing it or faking it we're, we're metal heads but we're also balladeers it's, it's the thing that I really want to get across to our, our listening audience is this is an album that is music first that anybody who just appreciates great music, um, terrific music, great playing, talented people will be able to appreciate this album because it's the music itself is so, so solid. Well, man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We, we worked really hard uh, and had to jump over some relatively high hurdles on this album with health issues going on and everything. And uh, I, I really didn't know how I was going to do it at the time because of my eye surgeries. I felt like, OK, we're going to have to postpone this album, maybe even, you know, uh, cancel the album because uh, I just didn't know what was going on. But, you know, we got through it. And we stuck to our guns and didn't change the scheduling. And, and miraculously, it worked out literally to the minute. Uh, and it's pretty mind blowing how that worked out. And I, I think that's a God thing. You know, I have everybody knows I have a deep faith and I really did a lot of praying during that time. And I really think God answered prayer. And uh, we were able to go in and make what I believe is our best album to date. Well, that's the nice thing. You know, I mean, it, it's it's like your faith comes through, but it's not. But I don't feel like I don't feel like you're trying to, you know, overburden anyone with it. It's just it's just the faith is there, but the great music is there. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about me and my faith, I can only speak for myself and Rob and Perry and Oz can speak for themselves if you guys ever talk to them. But speaking for Michael Sweet, uh, I'm a man of deep faith. Uh, and have been for most of my life and hope to be for the rest of my life. Uh, but I'm also a person and I, I really want to be real 
In other words, if I'm drinking bourbon and telling people I don't drink bourbon, that's not real. That's just a facade and a lie. So I try to tell everybody, yeah, when I do Christian interviews or with a Christian radio station or what have you, hey, so have you ever drank before? Yeah, actually, I did. I had one an hour ago, you know. <laughs> uh, you, you know, if it's not like I drink all day long. It's just like I, I enjoy I really like bourbon and enjoy the the uh, pursuit of uh, trying different bourbons and uh, they're all different. And it, it's it's like almost like a hobby, you know, and I, I really enjoy it. I don't drink it to get drunk. I, I drink it to enjoy it. But I'm open about it. And, and when you tell people that, they're like, oh, uh, what? Oh, my God. You know, how can he say he's a Christian and he drinks bourbon? You know, I, when I became a Christian, I, I broke all my bourbon bottles and, and stopped drinking it. Uh, you know, I just want to be honest and real. And I think if more people were, we'd have a better, better world. I, I think a lot of people are afraid to be honest and they don't want to talk about the, the skeletons in the closet. Now, another one of the highlights to me about the final battle album and, uh, as you mentioned, that's out now, uh, available for everybody, and hopefully everybody gives it a shot because uh, I think they're going to love it. But one of the other highlights for me is just the great cover. Mm. And it, you've had such a great cover for the last, you know, since really No More Hell to Pay. Almost there's like there's a theme, it seems. Is the same yes. person doing all the covers here? It is. His name is Stan Decker, and he lives in France. I believe he still lives in France, a French, French guy by the name of Stan Decker really great great talented guy and it is a theme uh, absolutely like a series of books almost you know and, and they're supposed to look similar some people have commented and said oh why don't you make them different it's like well that's the whole point <laughs> you know um and and then oh, you know yeah. well yeah and some people are like oh gosh it looks so uh throwback and it's like yeah that's what we were going for you know we were going for that throwback with this album where it was it had similarities to the Tell with the Devil album. And that was that was kind of the point of this. So instead of the four angels casting the devil into the pit, the four angels are coming back with God to kick kick ass, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just I think it's just a remarkably cool cover. And uh it, it conveys the epic nature of the album, which is what it should do. Yeah, for sure. He's a great, great artist, and we love him. And he he's done every album since No More Hell to Pay. Wow. And you can see that all the way through to Fallen and Goddamn Evil and even The Devil Believes, and then now The Final Battle. You can kind of see, put them all up next to each other. And they almost make one, one painting, one picture. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things, right? And, and, um, and I think that's what we miss with the digital music and stuff like that. Whereas we really got that with vinyl was the, the beautiful album covers can really be the beautiful album covers. Oh yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I miss that too. <coughs> Just swallowed the wrong way guys. Sorry about <laughs> no, that. no trouble. Uh, I miss that too. And I think those days are being brought back by some bands and, and, and sadly they're being forgotten about. Uh, by others uh, we're a band that's trying to keep that alive the the uh, the art of the artwork right not just the music uh and 
and the style and the genre, but the artwork. And there was something to be said. And it's so powerful. And it's such an integral part of the package. Well, that's for sure. And, you know, and that's the thing, right? Like, again, I mean, I just appreciate the fact that that almost 40 years on that you guys are truly sticking to your guns and doing the music that you love. And that's the thing that's obvious to us as fans is that you love this kind of music. We do. We really do. And we have a passion for it still. And we love our job. Uh, we don't even look at it as a job, but it is a job, technically speaking, and we love it and we always will. Well, you know, that day, if that day comes, uh, sadly, when we don't love it, that's when we need to stop. And uh, that never happens. Yeah. You know, I do, too. But it could, you know, that day could come where we, we wake up and say, you know what, it's time. Uh, and I, I want to end on a high note, not a not a low note, no pun intended. And I, I just want to want to go out with a bang and not like, oh, gosh, he should have gone out or they should have gone out 10 years ago. You know. Well, right now, don't go out because you're still making music as good, as strong as anything in your catalog. And uh, are you going to make a music video for near? no music video that i'm aware of i know there's a lyric video today for rise to the excuse me for uh, uh ashes to ashes and uh there is uh i think a lyric video being talked about for near as well um but i don't know about a music video but i hope near gets a maybe a, a radio campaign shot at radio i think it would do really well at radio i agree i agree that'd be awesome well, uh, Michael, before we uh, before we let you go, I do want to ask, what is your favorite bourbon? Oh, gosh, so many. Uh, I've been enjoying Angel's Envy. Oh, OK. Yes. Really like Angel's Envy a lot. Uh, you know, I, I I like buying different bourbons, not just for the taste or trying the taste and the flavors, but also the bottles. That's for sure. You know, Blanton's is a really cool bottle. There, there's so many different, really great bourbons out there. Uh, one of the best that I've ever had was Jefferson's uh, I, I, Limited Batch. Uh, it was out of this world. And then another, another one called Michter's, which is really good, too. I'm a bit of a bourbon connoisseur myself. Actually, I was just uh, poking around John Petrucci's uh, old iron bourbon, and that one looks uh, looks amazing. Ooh. I'm going to have to try that one. And, and you, you just reminded me, there's another bourbon that I want to say, I think Dylan's bourbon, Bob Dylan. Oh. And I tried that and I was floored. It was just outstanding. You know, not, not too much bite, very smooth. It had a really nice vanilla uh, after notes. It was just so good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it, it's interesting, guess, because my wife and I, we both drink old fashions. And uh, and so we will we'll be like trying the different bourbons within the old fashions. It's a it's a wonderful thing. Uh, it is. And, and, and every everyone tastes different and has a different, unique stamp. And it's really cool to find that stuff out. And that's what I'm fascinated by. It's, it is very interesting. No doubt. Well, um, we want to give you the chance before you go to uh, tell everybody how they can keep up with you and how they can find uh, how they can keep up with Striper and where they can find the new album. Well, they can go obviously on all the socials, striper.com, uh, michaelsweet.com websites. And then we've got Facebook, uh, Instagram and Twitter, Striper and Michael Sweet. 
And they can buy the new album anywhere where you could purchase music, obviously at iTunes and Amazon and anywhere locally that sells good, good metal. And then you can go to striper.com and michaelsweet.com, of course, and purchase it there as well. We've got limited amounts uh, of vinyl and CDs, and uh, it's really cool, man. So it's it, today's release day, and so far the buzz is, is going, and we're super excited. Everyone seems to be really liking the album. Well, awesome. I can... Can't wait to, to hear more from Striper and also more of your solo stuff because, uh, you know, then we'll get a chance to talk about the great covers you have for your solo albums. Absolutely. Yeah, and no doubt about it. And uh, I've got more in the works for solo albums. Uh, one coming out next year, Inspirational, which is unlike anything I've ever done. And then I've got another hard rock slash metal album coming out. Uh that I started work on with a guy named CJ Grimark, who plays in a band called Narnia. Oh, okay. And he, he's a phenomenal player. And uh, I think that's going to surprise people because it's very different. Awesome. Well, Michael, I mean, that's, that's what we love about you is the fact that you're, that you're still doing it and you're still doing it extremely well. And so uh, we thank you for that. And we thank you for your time. And I know that um, we, we'd love to talk to you again. But, uh, hey guys, great job! Thank you for your support and your time. And uh, I never take it for granted. I appreciate you wanting to talk to me. And uh, you know, thanks for waving that striper flag. We we couldn't do it without you guys. Well, the yellow and black attack is here. So, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, because <laughs> I love those outfits, and I especially love the fact that you that you made newer outfits too. The kind of uh, the reminiscent to the older ones. For sure. It took me a while to embrace that. I got kind of burned on the yellow and black. I felt like, it, you know, I wanted to wear red and black or blue and black. Like, come on, man. And, uh, you know, after a while, my love hate relationship with yellow and black, I, I embraced it and realized it's a very important part of who we are. And sometimes even more than anything else, because that's what people remember us by and, and recognize us for. Awesome. Well, I mean, you guys, you guys are iconic. And uh, besides the fact that you played with iconic, but, uh, but we, <laughs> we appreciate you and we appreciate Striper and uh, thank you so much for your time. And we wish you nothing but the best in the future. All right, guys. Likewise, God bless you guys. And I hope to see you soon in your neck of the woods. Okay. We would love that. Absolutely. So let's make that happen. Absolutely. We're working on it and we'll definitely come through Canada and do a Canadian tour uh, relatively soon. Awesome. Well, we will be there. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right. You too. Bye now. Bye.